no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. Man, we have a lot of things that we can talk about here. It's been fair. Well, let's do some quick hitters. All right, some 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 quick hitters. What do you make of the Broncos spending big on Mike McGlinchey and replacing Draymond Jones with Allen? Win now moves in year one of Sean Payton. You got to be in win now mode when you've got a quarterback that's in his early to mid thirties. And he's coming off a horrible year and you need to see results now from them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem. I think that that's the strategy that I would go with too. Like, come on, like we're in such a competitive division. We're not playing a young quarterback thinking that our window to win is two to three years down the road. If I'm Sean Payton, I didn't take this job because I'm thinking that our best chance to win is three or four years from now. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. What wouldn't make sense is if they then turned around and traded their receivers for picks, which sounds like it's something that might happen if somebody meets their asking price. That was, that was what I was thinking. Like, because if they were in win now mode, I would have thought they would have brought back Draymond Jones or used the franchise tag on him, but they got got a little worse at that position, but still spent there. McGlinchey, a great run blocking right tackle. Uh, you would think they would be trying to help Russell Wilson figure it out more in the passing game. They gave him an astronomical amount of money. There is talk that their receivers are available in a trade. I know they don't have a lot of draft capital, so if they are going to make additions, it has to be in in free agency. I just I I didn't I I thought that and you could argue that McGlinchey helps Russell Wilson. Sure, you upgrade on your offensive line, and he is an upgrade. Uh, I guess I just thought it would be more centered around the passing game as opposed to just getting worse at defensive tackle and a run blocking right tackle and not, and then also still potentially reportedly being willing to trade your receivers. It just, it seemed inconsistent to me, but everything they've done has seemed inconsistent. All right. So that, that was the first one that I, that, that came to mind for me. What about you? Uh, I would say that as far as the big winners and teams in free agency, that stick out to me, it's the Hargrave move to the Niners because they took a great player off of the team that beat them in the NFC Championship and they added it to their defense, which was already last year statistically like the best in the NFL. And while that's happening, the Eagles release Slay, you know, their Edwards leaves, Kaiser White leaves. So, you know, for the 49ers, it's like, their roster is still intact to be great this year. The Darnold thing is interesting to me. Like, that, that is going to be a case study in a great experiment for Kyle Shanahan as a quarterback. I mean, as a, as a head coach, excuse me. Like, if Brock Purdy's not ready, you've got three guys there that could presumably start at, at some point this year between those three guys. And I thought Darnold, believe it or not, in Carolina this year, after all the moves got made, looked competent. And he's the former number two overall pick in the draft. So I'm very curious about that move, Danny. 
Yeah, the nine. I mean, the Niners' defensive line might be better than their skill position group, and their skill position group might be the best in the NFL. It's it's an unbelievably talented roster. Uh, I think it's an overpay for Hargrave, and I thought it was an embarrassment of riches for them. Just it's a, it's a huge deal for yeah. a defensive lineman on the on the wrong side of thirty. He's a great player, um, but. Again, like if I was looking at areas of weakness on the Niners, I would not have thought defensive line, $80 million contract to a guy over 30. And Spencer has it. Um, the Eagles did not officially file the paperwork on releasing Darius Slay. And our guy, Zach Berman, mentioned that the same thing happened last year with Fletcher Cox. Like there was a deadline. Mm. They had to like for the like release him, but then they worked something Slay out. Slay put out a tweet like, hey, I'm on to my next thing or something like that. I know, but apparently apparently Howie Roseman is trying to, you know, pull a rabbit out of his hat and figure out a way to keep him. Uh because they lost Dillard also, the the offensive yeah, line to Tennessee. Yeah. So I mean we knew they were going to lose a lot. Fletcher Cox did take a hometown discount, I guess. He had bigger offers elsewhere, but he's going back to Philly on a $10 million deal. So you know they're they're experiencing the normal uh, loss of talent for a team like that. Like we talked all year about how deep they were and everything like that. You go to the Super Bowl, guys are looking to get paid, so they will they will be relying. Uh, Miles Sanders signed the big deal in Carolina, so so he left. Like they will be relying on Hurts uh, to take another step and still having a very good roster, even if not the best. We haven't been on since the Bears traded the number one overall pick and then they have the most cap space of any team in the league and they were crazy active with Edwards and Edmonds, which was a big surprise here because the thought here was receiver, tackle, pass rusher, nose tackle in some order was the big moves. What Ryan Poles did, I thought, with the trade getting DJ Moore was brilliant but then when he didn't pay Roquan Smith only to turn around and play uh, pay Edmonds, it threw us all for a huge loop. I think I understand the logic of it now. We'll get your take in a second. But it's been a very backwards approach to it. Like traded for the receiver, traded the number one pick earlier than the number one pick has ever been traded. Still don't have a three technique. Still don't really have an edge rusher. They brought in Demarcus Walker from Tennessee who had seven sacks last year but he's been on four teams in four years. Uh, Edmonds, the big signing, record-setting four-year deal for an inside linebacker, and then a couple of more moves around the periphery. Special teamer from the, from the Seahawks and uh, Nate Davis, the guard from the Titans. They've made five moves so far, including DJ Moore. What's your outsider opinion on the Bears moves? I love the trade. I love the move that they made. To, with the, with Carolina, the compensation they got back, including Moore, who has played with P.J. Walker and Cam Newton and Kyle Allen and Teddy Bridgewater, and I think he's he's one of these guys like Terry McLaurin that needs a really good quarterback for everybody to realize, other than fantasy football nerds, what a great re- receiver the guy is. And I give uh, I give Chicago credit for making sure that he was included in that deal. Um, I think what happened with Jalen Carter and his pro day hurts. I think maybe part of the logic there was if we moved down to nine, that'd be a good spot to get him. The guy's out of shape. He came in as a big fat ass. He couldn't even get himself through the drills. I mean, I'd be livid. Um, 
I do think he's going to free fall now. I did not think that when we talked a couple of weeks ago, but you know that there's a reason now for teams to pass up on you. Like, why are you not taking this part of your job seriously? You've got one thing to do, and that's be in shape. And you got to, you've got to tap out of drills. I mean, that's embarrassing. It, I mean, that it is, is embarrassing. absolutely embarrassing. And if he falls and he turns into the next Warren Sapp, well, then good for him. But that is a gigantic red flag for me. So maybe you'll call me soft or a huge empath here because I'm with you. The report today was inexcusable. Is it possible? Two things. One, I think he's getting terrible advice. Like, I don't know what is going on, but if you know that you're overweight from the combine, which was two weeks ago at your pro day, say, I'm here to support my teammates. I will be hosting my own workout in X number of days. And that's when I will talk and do all of the drills. But that's not happening today. I don't want to be a distraction to my Georgia teammates. Like, why would you let that dude stand on a scale if he's up weight from the combine? That is terrible agent. Not only that, it's the, it like, I everything you've said so far, I agree with you. But it's like, you're going to go out there and you can't even get yourself through football workouts. So then here's the next part of it. What if this kid who made this terrible mistake, this terrible lapse in judgment that results in people he knows dying. Yep. Then he's processing that trauma. And then on the day of the biggest interview of his life, the NFL Combine, he gets arrested. And now he's in national shame. Yep. And the weight of the world feels like he's cracked. He feels like he's blowing it. Yep. And in the two weeks from the combine to today, he can't focus. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he he's 21 years old. He starts eating. He, you know what I mean? He just, he, he, he's, it, it would feel, I could imagine someone feeling like they're letting their whole future and sure. world slip away. And, and listen, He's got to be a pro, and this is big boy business, and it will cost him in the draft and all of that. Like, but now I think the range of outcomes here is so wide. Like, he could do a pro day like Odell Beckham did, like a solo pro day in three weeks. Every team in the NFL would attend, crush it, do a press conference, show contrition, do one-on-one interviews, ace them and be right back in play for Detroit with the sixth pick. That's in play. Not looking good, but it's in play. Or he could flunk the interviews with the teams, never run a 40, and fall out of the first round. Yeah, we're not talking about a guy that's like a second round pick. We're talking about someone at one point was in conversation for the number one pick. Correct. Before the Bears made the move. So I need to see... What I think is elite level productivity and behavior from him as a player if he wants to be selected there. And so the analogy that I'll make here is he's not the first NFL prospect, draft prospect, 
to have misdemeanor charges against them or to have things either criminally or off the field that could impact his draft stock. And he's not the first person to have that happen right around the combine or around the pro days. So he's not unique in that case. To There's a guy in college basketball, Brandon Miller, who had a much, now he wasn't charged, but is just like Jalen Carter involved either directly or indirectly with an incident where someone died. In Miller's case, someone was killed with a firearm and the guy has gone out there and played great basketball. So I do think what you're looking for as a scout or an organization or whatever is, can this person block out or put on the back burner or just ignore what's going on in his personal life to be productive at his job. And so far, Jalen Carter has not done that, which is not to say that in the future he can't, but to me, like he's not the number, he's not the ninth overall pick anymore because of what's happened. No, I, as, as of right now, I agree. I agree with you. And it's, it's, it's a cold world where, Racing the car the night of the championship that leaves a couple of people dead uh, because the other car crashed. You speed off, leave the scene of the crime, lie to the cops reportedly, and don't come clean for a couple of months until you get arrested is not as big of a deal as showing up nine pounds overweight to your pro day. Like, there is an imbalance there in terms of what we think is the bigger transgression in the eyes of NFL teams. And I'm not even saying I disagree with you. But, man, people are different. Brandon Miller might have the ability to compartmentalize in a way that Jalen Carter might not right now at a young age. Like, I don't know, not to make it too personal, but, like, I'm dealing with a lot of very stressful, traumatic, familial health things have been for months and months and months and months. And my performance at times, I have noticed it slacking. And I'm... 36 years old with two kids and a professional, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard to balance everything and feel like you're doing a great job. Um, And I don't have nearly the attention and I'm not losing at risk of losing $30 million like Jalen Carter is. And I'm 14 years older than him, you know? So it's, yeah. And again, don't get it twisted. He is fumbling the bag. Like he, he legitimately could be costing himself 30 plus million dollars in the yeah. last two weeks. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 